Hi, my name is Chaplain Christina Montel, and I am with Carrier Air Wing 7, stationed at Naval Air Station Oceana in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And this is Stepping Off the Brow, a show for sailors and military-connected civilians where we look at life's issues on both sides of the ship's brow. So whether you are stepping off the brow to come to work, stepping off the brow to come home, or you're waiting for someone to step off the brow to come home to you, this show is for you. More importantly, during this time of COVID-19 and all things Navy life, we wanted to introduce you to people and their stories that can give you strength for today and a bright hope for tomorrow. That we have our interview today who is FCAC, so Fire Controlman Aegis Chief Gonzalez is, is with us today. Good morning, Chief. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good, good, good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so this, uh, this interview is specifically about, um, kind of giving voice to single parents who are sailors. And we're, we're going to get into that some more, but I'd like to take a step back in your story and just kind of hear if you tell us just where'd you come from and, uh, what was it like for you coming into the Navy? So like that, that kind of growing up, you know, where you're from as a, as a kid and then how did you get from childhood up into the Navy? Yes, sir. So um, I was uh, raised in Elizabeth, New Jersey. So it's a small town. Uh, so if geography, you know, geography wise, uh, it's right next to Newark. And uh, I was born in California, but when I was very uh, tiny, my mom, uh, she up and um, left and came to Elizabeth, New Jersey. So, uh, so for the longest time, I was just like, oh yeah, born and raised until I actually saw my birth certificate <laughs> that I was born in California. So I remember when I was of age or I was curious, I asked my mom, I'm like, oh, what happened? And how did that come about? And she just kind of explained, yeah, that's, that's where I lived first. You know, you were born there. And so, and then, uh, she, when I was about eight months old, that's when she decided to come to family, uh, for a better support system in Jersey. So. Uh, so my whole life, you know, I was just, uh, I just knew Jersey. Um, so I have, uh, my, my mom and my dad, and then, um, and I have my other two sisters. So I am the oldest. All right. Okay. Gotcha. And, so you, so you and the two sisters, and, and what was the age spread between you and your sisters? So, uh, my, uh, my middle sister, four years apart, and then my youngest seven. So right now. Okay. Birthdays. Our birthdays are so. My middle sister is in January. On February, my other sister's March. So, yeah, our birthday, yeah. one oh, just man. had a birthday, about to have. My youngest and, will have. And then a month before your birthday is uh, Christmas. Mm -hmm. So, gosh, that's an expensive like four it months is. for your family. <laughs> Good. Heavens. It is. <laughs> Whenever I'm, <laughs> my parents are like, "Yep, it's it's an expensive four months." <laughs> 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 okay, so you grew up in, in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and and so how did you uh, get from there into the Navy? Like, what brought you into the Navy? So uh, it's an interesting story. Uh, so I remember my dad, he served in the Army in El Salvador. That's where my parents were from. So during the Civil War that they had in the 70s and 80s, he was a part of that. So he told me his story. So I've had an interest in military. And every time I would walk home from high school, I would always see a recruiting office. And so I always saw their uniforms. It looked nice, impressed, and just thought it was cool. So it wasn't until they came to my high school to do a presentation. And by this point, I had already enrolled in college. Uh, it was my senior year in high school. I was going to, uh, I was enrolled in Rutgers University, the state school of New Jersey. 
and it was compelling their story and just you know just always wanting to to serve and always wanted to join the military it just kind of it convinced me to go give them a visit. So after I visited with them and then they showed options and this is what the Navy can do. Are you interested? Uh, I was kind of sold for it. <laughs> so, um, so that's what propelled me. And, you know, it was just a, a little nicks and nacks um, college, you know, they would pay for your college. So I thought the GI bill was um, with something that, um, that sold me on that too. And just the experience of seeing the world and um, also to gain a little bit of independency too. And how did your your dad feel or mom feel about you joining the military? Hilarious. <laughs> it was interesting because they were like, you're going to college, right? Why would you do that? And I had, <laughs> they did. So my, my mom and my dad weren't too happy about it. Um, my guidance counselor, I remember she told me the same thing. She was like, you're already enrolled. She was like, this is not, the military is not for people that can go to college. Like it, it was expressly told to me just like that. Ouch. Really? That's <laughs> yeah so um yeah, they, so you're like 17 18 at this point i was i was 18 and i remember my guidance actually spoke to the recruiter because i i had already the recruitment process and every and everything and told him like she's supposed to go to college like you need to leave her alone <laughs> wow so <laughs> but i remember my recruiter told me like listen this is your choice you know it's really completely up to you you already know what we uh we can offer and mm -hmm. um this is what it is but you know it's it's up to you so um but i was pretty convinced i, I wanted to join i wanted to go and well, um why did you pick the navy hmm. um that's also an interesting story so uh the navy and the marines office were next to each other <laughs> and remember um, so it, I, I just saw them like every time I walked home, I would always see them. And so I just thought that, you know, just seeing them first, that could be one of the reasons. Um, but I just had a whole aspect of joining the military. So I just think that, um, this happens to be the right time, the right place. And mm. the Marines were a little abrasive and they were like, <laughs> hey, are in their, in their office. And they were like, you need to do so many, you know? And, um, I remember them, they were like, yeah, we're going to. We're going to, you know, turn you into a pole, you know, if, if you join us. <laughs> so just the way they came about, it was just different. And um, just what the Navy offered, right? Because you do, you go in there, they tell you, hey, you scored this on your ASVAB. These are the jobs you can get. Um, mm -hmm. I recommend you go into these rates, right? A technical rate. And so, uh, but yeah, but after, like I said, I didn't have much hard thinking. It was just, I really wanted to join. But it was other people that were like, don't go, don't go. I even had a... Uh, uh, my sister's friend who joined the military, who served four years, they're like, Hey, come talk to this person before you go. And mm. like I said, opposition, I remember him, that person telling me like, listen, I was in the Navy for four years and this is my experience. You can go to college. Once again, he was like, well, don't go. <laughs> he was like, after college, if you decide like you really want to join, then, then, you know, go forth. But that's my experience okay. so far. Yeah. So you're in the Navy and uh, so kind of like life sort of happens, like you're signed up to go to college and then you decide to go into the Navy and sort of, you know, we have, we make these different decisions on things. Um, so you have a son? I do. I do yeah. How old is he? He's uh, 12. His name is Aiden. Okay. So, so you have, um, so how did, 
I don't want to say Aiden come about, but how did you, so you'd been in the Navy a little bit before Aiden was born. So how did you, how did you navigate the Navy before Aiden and how, what, how did that sort of, how did he come into your life? Okay. Um, so when Navy, uh, pick, pick my rate, um, and then the boot camp happened, schooling happened, right? That was your ordeal. And then, um, I remember, but part of me joining the Navy was I wanted to see and experience the world. So I chose to go to Japan and I did. So a lot of people were more like, no, I want to go close to home. But I was like, no, that's part of the reason too. I wanted to kind of get away and just, you know, see other, other aspects and other ways of living. So of course, yeah, I went to Japan for my first duty station. So I'd spent about three years over there. And then uh, it was very demanding back in 2003 through 2003 is when I went oh yeah yeah mm. so the the seventh fleet was very rigorous and um I want to say everyone I've had um, everyone's had an experience out there it was always underway you were always underway you were always upkeep ship so after about my third year uh, I decided I wanted to come back because you you still have you know uh, obligation to serve is it a five-year tour so I decided to come back because just you kind of got burnt so mm-hmm. I do remember, yeah, I remember I was a class and a lot of working hours and there were times and, and you probably have um, a stories and accounts from different people where you work from sunup to sundown or you never see this, you never light. So I came back to serve in Norfolk. So then from Nor- Norfolk, uh, that's where um, my son was born when I was stationed there. And so I... Um, in a relationship with my son's father. So mm-hmm. I did have a support. Um, I decided to re-enlist at that point because um, I was going to transition out the Navy uh, so that way I could go to school. But then with my son's um, birth, I decided to go ahead. So. so were you second class, first class when he was born? Second class. You were second class, okay. So um, what were some of the challenges as that you face as a, as a sailor with a, uh, a young, uh, kid before he was in school? Um, so when he was, um, a baby, um, having to find, uh, a childcare, mm-hmm. right. And, uh, as a single parent, you also, you have to do that family care plan, right? So that was something that, um, okay, to provide care, what am I doing? Um, and to ensure that everything's covered. So, and not only that, but it got expensive, right? So even with second class pay, I remember they were, you know, uh, advices like, go see if you can get a WIC, right? Uh, and uh-huh. so I didn't qualify for it. Um, as a second class, I realized that um, we make enough money to be able to care for- I'm using air quotes right now. You make enough money. <laughs> Did you feel like you made enough money? Um, I would say if you watched, you know, spending wise, right. Cause you have to budget. It was no longer just, um, my life before that, right. As a single person, I didn't, I wasn't in charge of a, another person. So I would, uh, go shopping a lot. So that's something that I had to stop. <laughs> so, um, but yes, uh, with proper budgeting and so forth, um, I think it was enough. Um, I did my experience, um, when I had um, Aiden, was there were other sailors, right? They were seamen, uh, third classes. It was difficult for them. 
And um, then it was a different story. So I did see that um, depending on when you had a child, right, depending on how much money you make, um, depends on what, if you have to do something extra or save more money um, and so forth. Yeah, so yeah, A, childcare, um, B, the the money just to pay for childcare, money to, to pay for kid stuff, kid gear. Um, what, what else as far as, you know, you're a sailor, you're a, a second class, I think we said already, um, and then first class with, with a young, with a young kid, uh, preschool. Um, what did that look like as far as trying to navigate childcare and, and kind of get him taken care of so you could, I assume you had sea duty during this time as well? Um, no, I was on work, so oh, that was, okay. that was a blessing. So I, I did know, um, for me, um, I, I know like children, some you plan them and sometimes they just come unplanned, but I, I was fortunate yes. that I was for duty rotation. So, mm-hmm. um, I know that a lot of parents out there, especially, um, mothers that, um, before that, um, in the military, as soon as you had your child with, once you were uh, designated fit for, fit for, uh, full duty, you had to go back out to sea. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm was born is when they introduced when it was introduced that it would be a year that the mother would stay on shore so that way they could bond with their child um right so for me um i was i was i was able to spend three years with my son on shore duty so i I think that was an important years and um even though from norfolk i i got stationed to new jersey so that was also kind of a blessing where it was just the right, right opportunity. The dealer was able to find a shore billet in New Jersey. So mm-hmm. I was transferred there and I was about an hour away from my family. So with that, the support system that I had with having a nearby family helped me out tremendously. And so besides finding childcare um, cost-wise, um, it gets expensive. Um, it just depends. You could find cheaper childcare, or if not, you can pay upwards of $200 a week. And this was I pay, um, which I think that's traditional now. I think child care is $200 a week per child. Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity. So we've talked a lot about your personal life, but professionally, like I know you got to study for the exams and you got to get your calls and you got to do, and it sounds like you have a very demanding rate. I mean, not like, you know, how, how did you balance that professionally, personally, you know, obviously finding a good, a good place to land, but you know, like I know sailors that are struggling, just they're single to, to study the bibs and do all that. How, how did you balance all of that? So you have to, um, I would say a a desire to also find that balance drown yourself in just your work, work, work. And, um, oftentimes, um, I'm not going to say an an excuse, but if you really want to study for your rate, then you need to take the materials that you can home. And uh, there's a lot of, um, like my sister, she uh, she is a parent of three, my middle sister. She is a nurse. She's going for her bachelor's, no, master's. She's going to be a nurse practitioner. So she did all that while having her children. Wow. And, and as her. Wow. Uh, yeah, exactly. I commend her. She's, she's super mom. So I remember asking her, how did you find the will and desire to balance both? It's a lot. And she, I remember talking to her 
when I would come visit in Jersey and she was falling asleep on me. Like she was just super tired. And so I just remember from that experience, my own, you know, sister's experience that I don't really have it that bad. Like mm -hmm. my life, not really that demanding. So if I really want something, I can bring the work home. And just like how there are parents out there who are going to school and studying at nighttime and doing mm -hmm. their job day, I just found that, that you know, it's not impossible for me to do that also. Final segment uh, that I fondly call the ramming speed segments. Uh, I know you are a connoisseur uh, of, of classic film. Uh, and so I'm, I'm sure you saw Ben-Hur growing up. Chief, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, bits and pieces. <laughs> the old Ben-Hur? Yes. Yes. And like, oh, that's number two. With, with, with Charlton Heston in the, like the, the boat when he's rowing. Yes. And remember the guy with the drum? I don't remember, sir. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so back then they didn't have engines and things. They had rowers and they had to. That's when you joined the Navy, right? That's, that's why I, I came expecting to be a rower or at least the guy telling the rowers how fast to go. <laughs> and so one of the speeds was ramming speed. And so that means it's really fast. And it's a long explanation for this rapid fire question. So, hey, question number one, go, Christina. If you could go back, or if you could time travel, would you go back in time to meet your ancestors or forward in time to meet your descendants? I would go back in time. I've always been, I've always been like uh, in love with like uh, early 1900s, uh, like the born 20s, the 30s, the 40s. So I would go backwards. Okay, question number two. Would you rather win an Olympic medal or a Nobel Prize? I think I would. A Nobel Prize. It's a, a million dollars, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what is something on your bucket list? Um, to visit all 50 states, and I have 17 so far. Woo! 17 out of 50. All right, number four. Uh, what's your favorite animal? Oh, man. I would say... Oh, that's hard. Uh, maybe because uh, my son has recently has a... He, uh, he's living with my parents, so he has dogs, some Shih Tzus. So um, I'm kind of, kind of getting close to dogs now. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay, dogs. I'll forgive you, Chief. I'm a cat person. Would you rather? By the way, go ahead. Did I say that? You did. You said that out loud. I'm sorry. Respectfully. Inside voice, <laughs> outside voice. <laughs> Would you rather listen to country music or classical music? Country. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you had your own talk show, who would your first guest be? Ooh, my first. I would say. Uh, Don't say Mick Pond. No, 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 not Mick Pond. We we'll probably have uh, uh, just because recent events is very inspiring. Um, Kamala Harris, I would say the vice president. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Yes. Yeah. Just out of, just side question: How did you feel whenever she was sworn in? very very proud just historic yeah. yeah it was it was i got a little choked up she broke dog type of bear yeah yeah okay and then the final one what is your most irrational fear actually let's do that for the group what is your most irrational fear jeremy 
Um, oh my gosh, my, uh, I have an irrational fear of choking while I eat. <clears throat> That's a death. How are you, yeah. Christina? Something less uh, morbid? Mice and snakes. Like mice and snakes. I can't. Uh, I can't even like touch like a, a mouse or a rat. Like it just tear. Like I see them and I scre- run screaming. Snakes are the same way. I can't. I can't. Like I can't even be in the same room. I mean, I can handle it, but like if you t- say to me, touch it, I'm like, no. <laughs> okay. All right. So irrational, irrational, maybe it's not a fear. Maybe it's, it's like a, I, I hate wet socks. So if I, if I, if I walk, walk around the house without shoes on and I see a puddle, my fear is I'm going to step in it and get mad. <laughs> All right. So how about that, chief? So, if this, maybe, maybe, so, so for you, instead of like a, so not, not a, a fear, but like a, a irrational quirk. Uh, okay. Like a, like a quirk. Um, I don't know. I, I, uh, man mentioned about uh, mice and all that. Um, roaches, maybe. Oh, oh. so reason yeah. why is because, uh, uh, a quick story. I remember uh, there was a time where my mother was like, "You need to kill that roach," because I was just like borderline like tears. Was, like I'm not going to. So she was like, "Then you can't eat dinner," and I was like, "Then I won't eat dinner," and I did not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like. The, the whole you know uh the elephant being afraid of the mouse yeah she was like that like and i'm like no i just hate it it's creepy <laughs> that's that would be the irrational fear we're looking for that's why i like cats <laughs> that's they take nice. care of the mice our theme music is the song josie o by james stone random speed music is the song music to clean your house to by jennifer and levin the views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or guests and not the united states navy you can subscribe to Setting Off the Brow wherever you find your favorite podcast. And of course, please feel free to share this with your shipmates, friends, or family. See you next week.